You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Kan Bayazit. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 76 of Besiktas International, the Black Eagles podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City, with a co-host, Mr. Evran Akman. How are you doing, sir? I'm all right, I'm all right. Uh, are you coming in from Can- Canton, New York? No, I'm at uh, my normal New York residence. All right, home. Um, Still home for the break, but so yeah, you're you're, you're coming in live from uh, from the the East Coast of the United States as well, and uh, yeah, big episode today. I guess first we should probably talk a little bit about our absence of late. Uh, it's probably fairly clear, uh, you know, what was behind it. Uh, there was not much to report, right? We've had a very slow summer thus far. Uh, as far as the news goes, yep. there's been sort of news percolating that we've actually most, mostly addressed, I think, in the in the preview to the summer. Uh, but nothing really was made concrete until very recently. And, I, and, and luckily, for this episode's uh, sake anyway, it's really a case of when it rains, it pours. Because as a little news came in, a bunch flooded in. And now we're starting to get some official stuff as well. Yeah, it looks like once the uh, the bank agreement was signed, all the transfers are getting ready to be completed. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so, boy, I, I I feel like we're not we're we're being so professional here. We're just cutting right into it. Uh, but really, there's not <laughs> much to say. Uh, we haven't missed much, I guess. Right? There's been no like Mykonos controversy this summer. There's been very little drama at all, in fact. Not much as far as people I mean, leaving. There's been media stirring, but nothing really has happened. You know, like there's like, you know, they're talking about this player will leave, maybe he'll leave, but no one has actually said anything or done anything. I think last year we had Bobble insulting people on uh, social media. Yeah, that was a fun little highlight like this summer. So, you know, <laughs> this year has been pretty tame. Yeah, fairly uneventful. Um, trying to think about some news that we may have missed but really there has not been a lot uh but so let's just cut right into it let's, let's, obviously the the stuff that's official and very exciting is that and of course it's it's fitting that the two gringos the two american Besiktas fans would be the ones ringing in the news but tyler boyd has been made official and there's no rumors here there's no need for sources we've seen pictures with him signing his contract in Besiktas training gear. He is a Black Eagle, uh, right fresh off of his Gold Cup appearance with the U.S. men's national team, where he debuted very nicely, scoring twice against, was it Guyana? So, you know, we're not, yeah, we're not Guyana, talking world beaters, Guyana. Uh, not world beaters, perhaps, but uh, yeah, still, he's earned some plaudits uh, among American football fans. And sure enough, uh, yeah, he's, he's a Black Eagle now. So I guess let me hand it over to you, Evron. Give us a little information. Of course, he's coming to us from Ankaraguju, where he performed very well. Uh, I believe it was six goals? Six goals, four assists, and 14 appearances, if I remember correctly, yeah. off the top of my head. Uh, that's, that's um, but right. <laughs> yeah, we, we got him off uh, Vitória de Guimarães in Portugal. That's right. That was his, the club that owned him. They loaned him out to Ankara Guju for the second half of last season. He has had a bit of a up-and-down career. He's done well on their B team, and he's done well when he's been loaned out. But for their actual senior team, he hasn't really always performed. So if, I guess it's like a win-win 
they loaned him out. He had a great season in the Turkish League, had a good international break. Now he, they can make a profit on him, and we get a player that should be ready to slide right into a, a competition out <clears throat> competition on the wings, if not a starting spot. So yeah, and good on the ball, direct dribble, dribbler likes to take players on. So should be exciting. And the interesting subplot in his whole narrative, I guess, is that he was originally a New Zealander. Uh, he speaks with a New Zealand accent, so I'm assuming he actually yeah. was born and raised over there. Um, but so he even featured for the what are they called? The All Whites, I think. <laughs> <laughs> which is such yeah. a funny name because the all blacks are the name of their rugby team but so they, they've tried to be clever and call themselves all whites but that's a very odd name in in uh effect but anyway yeah the, the all whites uh featured him i think was it three matches um yeah friendlies just in friendlies but so yeah it was a, yeah. it was a legal... he was born there and then that's why he has the accent he was born there he came over as a kid and then went back to new zealand Oh. So that's why his his accent is primarily uh, not a Californian accent. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, right. But yeah, uh, he he definitely looks to be lively. Uh, he's got some pace on him, which is nice. Obviously, uh, given what we have on the wings, uh, I mean, Jeremy Lenz has pace, but he doesn't have the the technique, perhaps that Tyler Boyd does. Uh, certainly, he's also the, thirty. Yeah, he's so. getting there, and, and and he doesn't really pose the threat on goal that Tyler Boyd does, at least from what we've seen so far. And and, and again, yeah, Tyler Boyd um, is coming off the last half season in Turkey, so he's gotten that chance to adapt to the Super League, which, you know, suits us very nicely. So, yeah, the welcome to the team, Tyler Boyd. Now, as a special feature, we've got a returning guest, special guest, Nadim Raja, well-known uh, Ankara Gucu fan in the Turkish football Twitterverse which of course you guys will mostly be aware of, I assume, in the podcast. You know, if you're listening to podcasts, you're probably, you know, on some social media. But anyway, um, he is Ankara Gudru Iskocia uh, at Kanka Group, K-A-N-K-A Group, one word. Uh, and yeah, I'll hand the mic over to Nadim, and he's going to say a word or two about Tyler Boyd, since, of course, he uh, firsthand got to see him play for Ankara Gudru. So Tyler Boyd, um, well, firstly I'm really disappointed to, to see him go. Um, not because he's mo- moving to Besiktas, but I thought that Ankaraguchi might have had a, had a chance of signing him after a successful loan spell. But typical Ankaraguchi, with all the financial problems that are happening at the moment, we're really struggling to sign free transfers, never mind pay two and a half million pounds for, for a player. So... It's a really good move for Tyler. Um, deserved move as well, and um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll do well for Besiktas. Um, how important he was for Ankaraguchu last season? He was vital in the, the reason that Ankaraguchu stayed up. Um, him and, and Orgio formed a partnership straight from the, the onset when he signed um, for the club at the end of January, just before the, the transfer window finished. Um, it wasn't just his goals. It was he created a lot of chances. Um, he provided a few assists as well. I think he four four assists in total. Um, on top of the six goals that he scored, so that was ten goals that he contributed to the team since since January. Um, and also he had a, he had a fantastic attitude. Um, need to remember that Tyler wasn't being paid his salary. Um. Never complained about it, um, and still put in a hundred percent in every single game, which is a big testament to the the type of character he's 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 got as well. Um, the things that impress me mostly about Tyler, I would say, is that for a wide player, he's got an end product. Um, so often in football, we see these fancy wide players that have got a the skill. They'll go buy two or three players. Then when it comes to picking at a ball in the box or, or finishing the they let themselves down. Tyler was completely different. Um, he's a player that doesn't rely on speed or pace to to, um, 
to, to become effective. Um, his biggest strengths are that he's, as I said earlier on, he's, he's got a final ball. It's really difficult to get the ball off as well because he's got really good close control. Um, and he can score and he can, he can finish as well. I wouldn't say that he's got kind of major weaknesses to be honest with you because he gave the complete performance that Anker got to and we need to bear in mind that this was only a six month spell that, that I got to see him which was very successful so it's difficult to pinpoint a, an actual weakness because every game that he played was he, he was a key player for us there were one or two games where the opposition man-marked um, and even double-upped on him in, in those games, he kind of struggled to to make an impact. But even the best of players in football, if you're putting kind of two players on them and tightly marking them, can find it difficult. So that is something that I mean, Gucci, he was the key player. I don't know if that would be the case. At, well, it won't be the case at Besiktas in the beginning. So I think in the beginning he'll get off to a really quick start um, and the fans will take to him it's just once he gets to that point where he is maybe a, a key player for Besiktas and he gets that attention he needs to try and find another way kind of getting back into the game again and, and, and becoming effective um, he's a good passer of the ball very rarely gives the ball away um, really careful with it <clears throat> um, and, he, and he's quite strong as well for for a a guy that's quite small. Um, there, are, again, I wouldn't say there's a player that he reminds me of because he's very different from a lot of wingers. I would say that, and look, I'm not comparing him. He's nowhere near this level. Um, might never get to this level, but Arda Turan was a, a player that played in the wide areas and could come in central as well. Um, didn't always rely on blistering pace to go by players, but he had, a, he had an end product. That's the type of player that, that Tyler Boyd is. Um, and again, please, I'm, I'm not trying to compare him to Arda Turan because he's, he's, he's not anywhere near that level at the moment. But that type of style is, is what, where I would say that he reminds me. I would say that he fits in really well to Besik, the Besiktas team. I think Besiktas, like most fans will, will agree that you need to, they need to go younger. Um, Tyler's just broke into the American national team at the age of 24. Um, played four games, scored two goals. So already at international level, he's, he's contributing there as well. Uh, Besiktas fans in general, they like the flair players and wide players. Although um, Tyler's not kind of flair in the sense of Ricardo Charisma, he still has skill that he'll have fans on the edge of their seats. Um, and I th- you, the fans will love him as well because his attitude, as I said earlier on, I think we all was with Tyler we focused on his goals and his assists, and it can be easy on the eye to watch as well. But <clears throat> something that I think will put him in good shape to succeed at Besiktas is his, is his attitude. He's very confident, um, he'll fit in well with the team, um, and just as I said, a really, really hard worker as well. So he also is pretty strong in the defensive side of the game. As I said earlier on, there is areas where he needs to, to, to work on. He's not a finished article, but under the right coaching and the right management and the the backing of the support, I think Tyler will do do really well. Um, much to, to my disappointment because I would love to have seen him um, another season at Ankaraguchu um, and, and then us maybe kind of send, selling him on for a profit but unfortunately that's not going to happen. So good luck to, to Tyler and, and Besiktas for the, the rest of the seat for next season. So, thank you very much, Nadim. Uh, very helpful notes there. Uh, of course, informative as always, keeping our fan base the most informed quadrant of the Besiktas multiverse, uh, as always, with great guests like Nadim. So, yeah, thanks again for stopping by and giving us that info. Uh, let's keep things moving, though. So, Evran, next up, and this news came in as a bit of a surprise, and it really 
there was talk of Fener sweeping in for the guy because, you know, first, of course, he was linked to Bechtel, as these things tend to be. Uh, and, of course, Fener was sweeping in, as they tend to do. And, uh, yeah, this guy, Vitor Hugo, a Brazilian central defender coming in from Fiorentina in Serie A, in uh, Florence or Firenze, I don't know, depends uh, where you're from, how you refer to it. But, uh, yeah, supposedly a very sound defender. He played 33 matches for Fiorentina last year in Serie A, although supposedly he lost his starting place. Uh, let me hand the mic over to you, everyone. Tell us a little bit about this guy and what's his history like pre-Fiorentina, for example. Where is he coming from? Um, yeah, Fiorentina paid $8 million to get him from uh, Palmeiras in the Brazilian League, which is um, a pretty decent transfer for a center back because usually uh, attacking players are more common to come out at like a later age. But um, he uh, had a good, better first year, and then from what we heard, he, the second year wasn't quite as good. Um, but he's he has been called to the Brazilian national team before, but has never played a game. What about his like uh, dimensions? Has, you know, is he tall, stocky? You know, what are what are we dealing with? He's a he's 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 got a good physique. Uh, he's a little bit taller than Vita. He's not uh you know absolute unit. You know, he's not massive back there, but not like not like he's big enough. Yeah, he's he's big enough for for Turkish for sure. He's mobile, um, from what I've seen. He's definitely more of a aggressive center back, which is usually fine in Turkey. Yeah, well, like think I'm thinking Kosic. of like Lugano or you know lots of guys yeah, that kind of in that role. Aggressive. Ibrahim Maybe not completely disciplined. Yeah, hopefully better than Ibrahim kind of players, Toraman. So. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think if he did okay. In Italy, he didn't completely flop. Uh, he wasn't. I guess he wasn't worth eight million. But you know, we can't afford eight million for a center back. So, well, so yeah. Based on Marcelo was considered a flop, so I think this could be a, a positive transfer, especially because we don't have other than Vita, we don't have you know a, a top level center back. And um, the financial figures are in. It's a loan with an option to buy, and the option to buy is what. It's definitely not eight million. It's what was it four. Four and, four and a half, half I believe, four point five million euros. So, you know, yeah, it's, they're taking an L on this, which is not necessarily the best sign. But it, it, I think it deserves to be noted that the whole market has been skewed. This this entire window, players have been going on the cheap that people wouldn't assume would. I think FFP, you know, the financial fair play regulations, are starting to have a bit of an effect on the market. Obviously, we're not talking about guys like Griezmann and whatever <laughs> going to Barcelona. Barcelona is always going to somehow manage, and those guys, Real Madrid, etc. But um, besides that, there have been some low-key moves that guys have gone for cheaper than you'd expect. So, you know, this hopefully is a kind of reflection of that. Uh, Fiorentina is a club that's always sort of in and out of financial trouble. So, you know, maybe there's a, a an element there where they have to get rid of him and recoup some money. So. We can hope for the best. Now, I, I will make a note here that we still have Nicolas Isimat Miran, or Isimiran, as we like to say. Uh, and we also still have Enzo Rocco. Uh, <laughs> and we also, of course, have Domingos Vida. And we also <laughs> have, uh, like, Alpai Chelevi. Um, and we also still own Faki Axel, like who's on loan. <laughs> Fati Aksoy, right, who's, who's on loan to Sivas, I think for at least another six months. But it was a I think it was an 18-month loan, so he's on for next season. Which is yeah, January. Let's, let's hope so. Because, I mean, he seemed to be doing fairly well. He was getting playing time with Sivas, so, uh, you know, that's good. It's rare when we loan guys, so let's keep that going. Keep up the good vibes. But, yeah, so uh, another central defender coming in. Uh, hopefully, we'll find buyers for one of if not both of the other two foreign central defenders we've had over the years yeah uh i don't really know i i mean in a way i'm a little disappointed i was hoping to see the likes of alpai chalebi of course you don't want to uh rely on performances from guys like that who are young and um coming off for pretty serious injuries <clears throat> but no i'm kidding Obviously, that's not that's not really even the issue. The issue is you you, you want I just I wanted to see these guys 
young guys performing. I, Fatih actually, I'm not as excited about, but Alpai was getting plaudits for some time. So I think uh, that crowded backfield there is not particularly, but let's not forget that guys like Nejip and Enzo Rocco are still yeah. there as well, who, who were like third or fourth options previously. So, I, you know, I, I don't know where the minutes go necessarily for those guys. Hopefully, a bunch gets sold. <laughs> yeah, I think most um, of those minutes will be going to if they're going to spend his five hundred thousand, uh, the loan fee was being reported, and then they're going to pay the one point five million salaries. So it's basically two million invested for one season on one player. Yeah, I mean we've seen we've seen ridiculous things like Kagawa, uh, and I guess brief Kagawa, brief uh, hashtag Shinji watch, maybe our final one or not, uh, is that there's no news on that front. Supposedly we're still desirous of him but he's i think waiting to see if he can get a uh, a deal from spain or maybe england um you know we've had a guy go out to japan and talk to his people so i think we're probably still in the running for him at some somehow but i don't know but we're still you in know, his twitter bio no... so you know <laughs> yeah he still lists us as his team on twitter but so you know there's nothing definitive there either way we can certainly hope I don't know. You can hope for whatever you want to hope for. I hope he joins. You can hope he doesn't join if that's if that's your cup of tea. But um, Evron, I think tactically speaking, you might prefer we do sign Kagawa because that actually would leave more room in theory for a guy like Quaresma to get minutes uh, <laughs> since he doesn't inherently occupy a wing. I think if we didn't get Kagawa, that would mean that we were getting more of a de designated left wing, which would spell... Uh, not so well for Quaresma. But there's no news on a left wing, so let me just put that out there. Yeah, no news. Uh, but so let's move on to the next actual news. And so, uh, by the way, the uh, Vitor Hugo news is still just a Murat Uzen uh, rumor, technically. Although it's it's not a, he says it's done, and it sounds so. very specific, so you'd imagine it's not just yeah. a rumor, actually. But so anyway, yeah, the next news item is uh, another guy from Eski Shehir Sport, which is for those who don't recall where Durakan Trukuz was from. Um, he's actually also a guy who plays in the center of that midfield, and he goes by the name of Mehmet Uzjan. Uh, Evron, what do you got to say about this kid? <laughs> I, I remember distinctly the first time I saw him play. Is uh, Denizli Sports kind of like my second team, so I watched them in the second league last year. And there's this uh, goofy looking dude with his shorts up. Uh, it's just, I was like, who is this guy? You know, he just looks so weird. And then he was actually like, I didn't like him, but then he was actually kind of good. And he had a really like, he dribbled two or three players on the wing and then cut back and then they scored and then Dennis ended up tying so I was like you know I really didn't like him because of that because I'm immature a little bit but he's definitely um like a low key doesn't look like a player you know he just kind of looks like a regular dude <laughs> and he you wouldn't expect him to be good but he's actually quite technically gifted now everyone he runs a little awkwardly but he can defend he can play on the ball he's a Turkish youth international good. if the price is right he's only nice. 20 you know, could be a good transfer. My apologies for a very brief interruption. I'm adding this in post-production. At this stage, uh, the call between Evron and I went down, and when it picked back up, there were sound issues throughout the rest of the episode. So my apologies, of course, if you can bear with it. Hope you enjoy the rest, and I apologize for the issues if you can't handle the poor quality i definitely in fact even more so apologize and uh yeah of course the usual high standard of sound quality will resume forthright uh from here on out and uh yeah i am sorry for a while okay. and then um when i turned it back on it just i could hear you but you couldn't hear me oh bummer um, i don't know what's going on but so did you hear my setup yeah i heard you said i had a hot take about his shorts 
<laughs> which I thought I did mention a little bit, but I didn't want to like you know gas it up. No, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta put him on blast, man. <laughs> Something he's gotta rectify. So, so everyone, tell us, tell us, man. Uh, tell, what, what what specifically is your issue with the way this man wears his shorts and his socks? Um, I want to know. So his socks aren't too bad upon a a, a reinspection, but my memory is that like his shorts, he tucks them in and then he kind of like, wears his shorts up kind of high, so it looks like he's wearing like shorts up to like his mid stomach. You have this awkward gap of like just mid thigh to mid calf, and then he has like this long scraggly hair like a awkward fun and his acne and it was just like like who is this guy you know it like they picked up some random dude off the street who's never played before but he's actually for unfortunately on that day he he was a good player but i think <laughs> just hopefully in the future he'll force it to be a good player just needs a new stylist that's all i'll say so the man's not winning any uh style points but hopefully he'll win no. some actual points on the table yeah. <laughs> he's, he's not quarrel that's for sure um, <laughs> oh man uh well that could be good i guess i mean he's not gonna get irrational red cards no i'm kidding um, oh yeah he's, he's probably a harder worker and you know all those all those things all the rest too well that's for, for better or worse he's not quite a, well and so i think the only real news that I can think of pertaining to him is that supposedly between he and Dorokan he was actually the brighter of the two talents and having you know having all witnessed how well Dorokan has fit into the squad uh, yeah that that bodes well I think we could all agree and of course you mentioned that he's a uh, youth international player for the Turkish side he's not the only one right we've got quite a few now in our ranks and so the uh, the extent to which they can gel as a unit playing together, you know, in competitive matches with the under, uh, whatever it is, under 19, under 21 squads, as well as with our youth team and then, uh, or not with our youth, but with our reserves or, you know, in practice, et cetera. Uh, it, it all bodes well. I think that these guys are kind of coming up together and coming into prominence together. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, this is good. I like I like these young I mean, guys. When, when we got Guven, he was still a, a youth international. So exactly. and so was Dorukan. He wasn't a senior international yet. Now they're both and Muhayer, right? Really Muhayer is players. also uh, youth international. is also a youth international. And uh, our new uh, this is actually news. Our new promotee uh, Ozan Akun. We have four guys yeah. who got promoted. He's the biggest name among them, I think. Uh, am I yeah. forget? Is, was there another sort of prominent youth that came up with him? He's the one that everyone's been talking about. Well, not everyone, but that I has know. been in the news. He's got some very impressive highlights that have uh, yeah. spread about Twitter and whatnot. And yeah, he, he looks solid. He's a good goal-scoring record also. So, you know, maybe he, maybe Guven will sort of become a, a solid backup striker and then this will be the next Guven, you know, who surprises us all and, uh, you know, gains the pilots this year. Uh, but so, yeah. He just turned 18 three days ago, so he's a, he's a young young guy. And a real Black Eagle, right? This kid has come up through our academy. So, yeah. Uh, let's all hope for the best. And, uh, yeah, I guess there's one more news item that's the most... Uh, tenuous you know the least concrete uh, but so yeah the last one is uh, another new rumor also Murat Uzen inspired uh, Mert Yilmaz now I know very little about this character so uh, give me some deets give me the deets yeah um I would be lying if I say I knew a lot about him I, I've heard his name before um, he's a right back and he plays for Bayern Munich's B team okay um if you want to find him online, like highlights, good luck because I don't think you can find any unless you uh, watch, you know, the U20 or U19 Turkish national team full games. So again, um, another under 19. Yeah. News. So uh, he's German born, used to play for one of the German youth national teams and then switched over to Turkey, was also a former Leipzig youth player and then transferred to Bayern. Uh, in 2018, so he plays currently in the third division for their B team. So he's 20 years old. We don't know anything else about him other than his, you know, his name, his <laughs> and his stats. But 
Interesting. I guess someone has seen him. He might be a you know an agent recommendation, but he's Bishkash is looking at him as like a long term replacement potentially for uh, Gekhan Gunu. And we have a, a good recent history of bringing in guys from you know German youth sides and them coming good. Guven Yalchin, who we've already mentioned this episode. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Jenk Tosin wasn't. We didn't bring him from Germany, but he came from Germany to Gaziantep and then. Flourished with us. Muhayer is currently from Fortuna Dusseldorf. Yeah, where where did Jenk yeah, where did Jenk come from? Jenk is uh we got him from Gaziantep, but he's from Eintracht. Eintracht, that's where he. So, so yeah, we've got you know a storied history bringing these uh, German youths up well. So hopefully this is another case of that, and you know not. I mean, hopefully it's not Ozan Idolan who we've say, never seen uh, before. Yeah, and not not we got from Dortmund. Not one of the bad cases. Yeah. So that's it. That's really what we've got. And of course, Matt Yilmaz is the least concrete of any of these. Mehmet Uzjan's come, been news for some time, and so that seems to really be legit. Matt Yilmaz kind of started today, but it's it's from uh, Murat Uzen, so he's fairly reliable. So hopefully it's, you know, again, I, I think given the success of Guven and Durakan last season, um, I, 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 I welcome these sort of low-risk, high-reward moves. Yeah. Uh, Mehmet is supposed to be pretty close. Uh, Fenerbahce is also supposedly interested, but it looks like um, the the offer of Bishkash and Esker is like the, the numbers are a little bit far apart is guaranteed money versus bonuses. So that the transfer is supposed to be probably around a million to a million and a half is what we're expecting. But we'll see what actually happens. Vitor Hugo is supposed to be like done, done, almost. Unless anything like something comes up, you know, last second, uh, we, that could be done within the week. I'm assuming since the uh, the bank agreement was signed, we won't have to wait forever like with Tyler Boyd. So some stuff is happening. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can hope so. Um, but yeah, so it all really started coming in today, uh, at least in a sort of more concrete fashion with legit sourcing and all of that. But so. Yeah, uh, that that's really the only kind of concrete news we have. Outgoing, uh, who's left? Gokan Ture just signed with Yanni Malachia. Yeah, he's been gone, but yeah. Uh, that's official, though. He's definitely not coming back. Uh, he's. Uh, I'm not sure if the last episode they had said that Shahin Turk was loaned out again to Denizli Sports. Yeah, Sadat Shahin Turk, uh, another guy who came up from our, came up from our academy. Uh, and he's being loaned Yeah, out. chronic loney. Yeah, another one who might not pan out. <laughs> he was in the second division. The past two seasons, so now he gets his shot at Super League football for the first time. So we'll see how that goes. Um, not that it's too crazy. And then we have Orkan Chinar back. You know, is he back or is we'll he... see if he? Well, he's he's he hasn't been loaned out yet, so we'll see if I I think he's training. I believe so. Well, so, knock on wood. I think uh, Chanel kind of gave up on him, but we'll see if Abdullah gives him another chance. Yeah, uh, I, I always root for the for the kids. Everything is really up in the air right I'm now. Always rooting for the kids, but um, yeah. Besides that, of course, the ever-present news as far as something outgoing has been Burak Yilmaz being rumored to Lecce in Italy. Uh, <laughs> they just I, today I saw a hilarious song that they uh, that some Lecce fans made to try to attract Burak. Um, it's the most Italian thing you'll ever see. I'm not going to put it in the episode because uh, I don't want to, you know, have any copyright. I mean, it's not even a copyright. I, I doubt they registered it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I don't, I don't want to have any confrontations with these guys, and I don't want to dignify uh, the, their theft or their attempted theft of Burak Yilmaz. But anyway, Ali Naivi, who, who um, Fikret Orman has put in charge of our all our dealings this summer, has come out definitively and kind of, I think, slammed the book shut on, on that whole thing today saying there's no way that Burak Yilmaz is going to leave. He's going to contribute to Besiktas winning a championship this season and uh, that's that's all he said. Which I think kind of leaves open the possibility that we might be willing to sell him at the end of this season. Which I, I, I'm i all for, right? He'd, he'd be going into the final year of his yeah. contract. He'd be 36 I think at that point. Uh, if we can make any money off of him <laughs> that, that, great you know I, I definitely wouldn't be opposed to it but I definitely I wouldn't expect him to leave 
in general. I mean, right now all the interest is like, or the rumors is from uh, Italian. Yeah, Demarzio, especially. So, and he, whatever Demarzio says regarding Turkey, it never happens. And, and, and to, uh, to, I mean, ever. to their credit, obviously, so. Lecce fans uh, have actually gotten behind this rumor and gotten excited about it, creating little songs and whatnot. Uh, so that's a credit to Burak's profile, perhaps having been uh, risen through his. You know, time with us and Trevzone and Gladys and, uh, you know, his success, especially, he, I call him the Benjamin Button, right? He, he scores more and more efficiently as he ages, but, um, yeah, it doesn't look like he's going to be going. And I don't think anyone wants to see him leave, considering the second half of the season he just had with us. I think we'd all like to see if he can string together a, a whole season of those kind of performances. I don't think we uh, we trust the board either to bring in a striker based on the most recent uh, after Jank left what we had to go through. I don't think we want to. Yeah, you know, and of course, risk another. We were we were sort of rumored with Mario Gomez and stuff again, uh, and that you know that could have worked if in fact you know the Burak stuff had been concrete. That would have at least explained why we would be linked with another aging, you know, uh, striker who's definitely past it, but. Uh, you know, I think uh, we're fine with the one we have, <laughs> uh, and hopefully he can keep producing. I'm still not going to get his shirt. And I don't but... think we'll get a get an offer that we can't refuse, like with Jank. You know, that was 23 million. Exactly. With Burak, it, maybe you'll get two, three million. You know, he's 34, 35, so it's yeah, exactly makes more sense just to keep uh, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, what we get from yeah. yeah. Get the production. You mean in that can. third year of his contract next year? Well, at least for this year, we'll see. We'll see how he does. Yeah, this year, yeah, exactly. So for next year, I, I stand by the fact that for next year we better have something going forward, you know, as a replacement. And if we can get money <laughs> from a thirty-six year old mean, truck, I would take it. But anyway, we'll see. I guess we'll see how Given and Usanakun and Umut Nayir are. As potential, That's right, yeah. if they're ready to step up or Umut not. Nair is uh, going to be given the chance, and Guven Yalchin definitely. He's the one I would look to as hopefully the you know heir apparent, at least for now. Yeah, maybe next year he'll be ready to fully take over, but maybe next year we'll sell him. You know, <laughs> you never yeah. know. So. Uh, and so that's it. That's it for transfer stuff. Uh, it's good to be back. Hopefully we'll have more to report in the coming weeks. But yeah, there's, that was fun. Plenty to do here, obviously, and plenty to talk about. Uh, the last notes uh, are also important, especially for us fans, loyal fans, such as ourselves. But yeah, tomorrow, and tomorrow meaning that today is Tuesday, July 16th. Hopefully I'll have this thing out tonight on that same date. So. Wednesday, July 17th, hopefully the day you're listening to this. Um, but so yeah, the kits are, uh, at least it, I, I recall it being reported they were going to be released. Now I'm not so sure. The second news item, and this sort of overlaps, is that we now have our friendly schedule. And this is something we should definitely go over with you guys, our listeners. But the reason this complicates the uh, kit release is that the event that was supposed to be planned for Wednesday also is the day that we're now scheduled for our first friendly match. Uh, and of course, Besiktas will be hosting Pendik Spor. Uh, this is also, again, on Wednesday, March 17th. So if you're listening to this episode, turn on your TV because it might be on right now uh, or, or not. It might already be finished. finished. Uh, but um. Yeah, so as far as the kits go, they have been leaked. We've probably, you know, most of you have already seen them, I'm sure. There's a lot of throwback in these kits. Uh, the black one, not so much, but it's kind of got this abstract pattern. Black on black with black Adidas stripes. It's very nice, I think. Uh, the white shirt is a throwback or refers to an old Besiktas kit where you have the three Adidas stripes diagonally on two corners of the shirt. Do you have a better description of that? I mean, it's kind of like uh, kind of like the sash that you see in the Peruvian jerseys, except it's um, three of them and they're disconnected. And yeah, know, that kind but of so they're also like diffused and modern. So they've they've played on that or, or yeah. design from way back in the day. 
And actually, from that same year's kit, there was an alternate kit that was famously only used once in a game in Amsterdam uh, against Ajax, I believe. Uh, and it was a lilac kit with that same design. And so this year, and it's also very recently been linked, our third kit will also feature lilac. Um, got a black color, again, a sort of diffused white and lilac thing going on all over it. Yeah, if, if you're familiar with the uh, Adidas uh, templates, this one is the only one that we have is like a template kit. It's a Tiro, I believe, 19 template. So it's that like uh, dotted kind of pattern. So it switches between purple and white kind of fades. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, that lilac interesting is purple. Look. Yeah, it's a sort of light purplish. Uh, but yeah, interesting. And what's nice is that although it's a template, it does use this color that does have some historic reference to uh, a famous kit in Beshtash's history. And uh, I should probably mention, as we're talking about these kits, that of course we're going to have the kits and review them again with Barish Isgordu, the uh, author who penned the Beshtash formulary or the Beshtash shirts book that was given out during the FEDA season and sold to raise funds for the club. He will be back. We're going to talk about these kits. There's talk of maybe recording it for video so that we can even show you guys the kits uh, and, and how he analyzes them and everything. I don't know how realistic that is. I don't have camera gear personally, so I don't know how we're going to orchestrate it. But anyway, it should be fun again. Stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah, and, and the kids, what are your what are your thoughts, everyone? Huh. Um, I mean, I think if you didn't get your hopes up, you'll be happy. I think if you had um really high expectations, then you might be a little bit like not impressed. But um, I think the lilac jersey might not go over well. But I think the white and black are pretty uh you can't go wrong with it. And they didn't do anything too crazy. It's so. funny at first. I only liked the black one. I, I liked the abstract pattern on it and stuff and the kind of multi-tone black. Um, then I saw the white one being worn and it grew on me very quickly. Uh, and then in these last few days, I've totally come around on the lilac one. And I, I'm actually in some ways maybe most excited for it. Because uh, I feel like it's one of those shirts where the color, it's like, People may not appreciate it now, in the moment, but like in 15, 20 years, just like the original Lilac one, people are gonna probably consider it a collector's item. It's the type of thing that people will have rejected enough this time around that when it comes around in the future, everyone's gonna think of it as like this rare thing that they don't know many people who own it. And, um, so, you know, it could be one of those shirts that has that mystique around it. And, you know, I, I think it's novel. I, I'm, you know, side note, my daughter, loves purple that's that's her color so i'm hoping that this like i always recall how when i was a kid i had this very bright green new york jets the u.s football team hat and that solidified me somehow as a jets fan green happened to be my favorite color and so i'm hoping i can do some subconscious magical mojo that i can that this shirt will put on my daughter that will solidify her as a best judge fan although i think Chances are she's already going to be a best test fan because that's like the only word she associates <laughs> with football <laughs> at present as it is. You know, I think chances are I've already uh, gotten into her head as far as that goes. But this hopefully will, you know, put the nail in the coffin or whatever. Um, so I'm definitely going to get her a little lilac one for sure. But I don't know. I'm pretty excited about it. I like those off the cuff ones. I'm one of few people who actually liked last season's third kit. Again, it was a template, but I like that kind of off red color. It's again, unique, you know? And, uh, yeah, I like the black and red. That was kind of cool. I like the opposite colors, you know? Mostly black with the red accents. I think is you know, like that classic one we had with the- With Dimbabwe the eagle, yeah. I have, I have a match-worn Gokhan yeah. from that season. Oh, you know, Excuse you, sir. I know exactly what you're doing. No, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I definitely like the all-black shirts. There was a time in my life when there was only, like, one really all-black shirt, and that was the one, like, I wanted, you know. And now, in recent years, we've had a ton of all-black shirts. So 
That's, we have uh, another one this year, so. Yeah, this year another one. No, and it uh, no could still be my favorite, honestly. But anyway, yeah, stay tuned for that. We're going to definitely review those kits. And so, yeah, last bit of news, which, again, kind of overlapped there. So as I mentioned, we're playing Pendix for this, uh, on Wednesday, the 17th of July. And let's talk a little bit about our preseason schedule. Uh, Evron, uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about it. So we start off uh, next week with um, two lower league opponents, Pendix Sport, and then on the 21st, we play Kojeli Sport. So, Not you know. next week, this week. It's oh, yeah, this week, um, yeah. Well, by the way, in timeout, I should mention the Pendix Sport match is going to be available on YouTube. That was just confirmed to me. So um, look out for that. I obviously don't have like a link. I can't say a link that yeah. you can click, but um, definitely, yeah, look out for it. It's going to be on YouTube. Yeah. I, I suppose probably hosted by the, the channel that has access. That was a D-Spore or something like I think, that. So, I believe they no longer have the rights, so that's why I'll be streaming, because they never showed our preseason game. So hopefully this, uh, nice. fingers crossed, this is the first year we can uh, watch preseason games and not on all of our friends not yeah. on periscope streams with someone God, crowd. Yeah, that was a disaster last summer so, yeah. but anyway sorry to interrupt so yes yeah. appendix four and then who else do we have the four days later we play code jelly sport and then next week or the week after that they travel the team travels to austria and plays four friendlies versus european oppositions ibar from spain apollon larissa from uh cyprus Udinese, who Ironically, it was linked to Dorukan, and then we finished that tour of Austria <laughs> against Brescia, another Italian Another team. Italian side, yeah. And then our last friendly is the 10th of August, which is right before the season. We host Panathinaikos at the Ataturk Olympiad, which is an interesting stadium yeah. choice, but... Um, yeah. I suppose it's to trying to make a, uh, a national thing about it, being against the Greek side, using the whole... Maybe, you know, yeah. <laughs> Olympic stadium and all, but... Interesting. That's a good schedule. I like that we're seeing heavyweights like Udinese, and I guess you could kind of call Panathinaikos uh, something like that. But, you know, we're getting probably Ibar would be the second strongest team. Ibar, yeah. yeah. I mean, but you know, Ibar, Panathinaikos, uh, Udinese. These are the kind of clubs, that, or at least the level of clubs that we can kind of expect to see in the Europa League this season, at least in the kind of group stages. Obviously, should we get through the group stages into the knockout stages? It's a shame we're not seeing at least one, you know, Dortmund or, uh, I don't know, even like an Eintracht Frankfurt, given their success last season. You know, someone of a slightly higher level to really test, you know, this unit I mean, maybe towards the we'll end of the probably be first pot in the Europa League, so we'll miss yeah, all the I'm big saying, teams, but we could get some mid-level. Yeah, well, and so I think we're playing that level in the preseason that's good but i'd like to see at least one test you know one big club just you know what what what, what there's in all likelihood should we get through the the group stage of the europa league which we should not consider a, a guarantee right considering last season but if we do we, we likely come up against a stronger side you know leverkusen or I mean, I, I'm literally pulling names out of a hat. I don't know who's, who's even in the, in the running for the well, Europa League. But. There's a lot of qualifying left to go, so we there, we only know like 10 teams so far. Exactly, yeah. So <laughs> uh, we shouldn't count our chickens before the hatch. But anyway, point being simply, you know, I wish there was one perhaps better test in the group. But Udinese is not bad. Serie A is definitely a league that's somehow even on the rise, you know. Which, if you can say that, of a, a top four league in Europe. Back on the rise. Yeah, they're back on track. I think maybe they could find themselves in the top three, top two. Uh, I, I have Spain as number one. I, and yes, I maybe it's... even the Bundesliga. I, 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 I'm not big on the Premier League, but that's a hot take, I guess, these days. Um, but yeah, man, I think that's all we've got to really say. That's, a, that's yeah. it. Stay tuned. We'll obviously... Um, talk about the preseason, preseason a lot as, as the news comes in. I don't know if we're going to do a match review for every match. Clearly, we're not going to talk about like the pen. We'll see. If, and the, hopefully, the games are actually streamed. You know? Yeah, hopefully all of them <laughs> will be streamed. But so maybe we'll review both Pendix Sport and Code Jelly Sport together. You know, I, I don't see us doing each of those matches individually. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, so we'll find some, some way to, to cover all this stuff for you guys. So stay tuned. If the uh, games are streamed, we'll probably live tweet it also. Yeah, of course. Yeah, stay tuned to, of course, to Tash International. 
All right, I'll talk about that on the, on the outgoing, you know, on the, on the goodbye. But yeah, um, stay tuned. Barish is going to and I will be talking about the jerseys. Khan is going to be interviewing. I'm not going to reveal anything. Sort of a special guest regarding Tyler Boyd. We're going to do a Tyler Boyd episode. Thanks again to Nadim Raja for, for doing that little segment, giving us info. Um, yeah, everyone, what do you have to say? Uh, I hope uh, Quaresma still stays. So I think, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd on the le- left, Quaresma on the right would be pretty nice. And then uh, a new left back or maybe a new CDM. You're Maybe already displacing. Ready to go. You're already ready displacing go. this poor kid to get Quaresma on his side of the, of the <laughs> midfield. Look at this. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't really have an opinion. I don't care who goes out. I just want to see we, that we have proper talent. The one thing I really want to see is a left back. We need a left back. I do not want to see John Eric. Not a lot starting. of movement there so far. Just yeah. a lot of. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, that's something we really need. Is Kolodziak a left back or is he a center back? He's a center back. Yeah, I'm guessing if we're getting Hugo, we won't be getting him also. Yeah, he's probably off the list. Fener can have our scraps. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> so stay tuned. Hopefully lots more to come, especially news about a left back. Uh, and maybe some Kagawa stuff, perhaps another winger. Who knows? But, yeah, stay tuned. And... Uh, yeah, Khan usually takes, you know, cute Go emperors. Bitch but yeah, I guess I'm out of the group myself. Go, Go back to the Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.